This is everyone should introduce you to James. Where this legit microphone? That's right. Oh, that's cool. James is uh, going to be running our youth program, and I thought the best way for me to introduce him to you, you to get to know who he is, is to make him talk. <laughs> so, uh, thank you. Yes, <laughs> I'm I'm such a nice guy. This is how it works with me. Uh, this is just the morning of announcements. We had announcements A, announcements B. I got one more announcement. <laughs> uh, I don't like to teach with shoes on, so I always take my shoes off. Uh, this this Thursday, we're going to start a youth group. We're starting we're starting a youth program, and we're going to have our youth program on Thursday nights. So this Thursday, six thirty. If you're junior high, high school, please come out, come hang out with us. Uh, if you have a student who is in junior high, high school. Please make them come out and hang out with us. If you're, if you love Jesus and you like students, you like junior high, high school age students, please talk to me. Come out, hang out with us. Uh, love to get to know you. Love to talk to you. See how we can get you plugged in, get you involved in our youth group that we're starting up. Yeah. So that's that's my announcement. This Thursday, six thirty. We're gonna end a little bit earlier, seven thirty. Uh, normally we'll end at eight. So if you are a ride of a student, please be here at 7.30, 7.35, 7.50, the latest. I don't want to be here till 9.30 waiting, going, where's your ride? Oh, they're coming. I heard that before. It's, it's fun. So please be on time. Please come out, hang out with us. It's going to be a good time. So this is something that Aaron has done since I have seen Aaron teach, and I've just really, really liked it. So I'm going to have you all stand for the reading of God's word, please. This is Luke 14, 23. Then the master told his servants, go out to the roads and country lanes and make them come in so that my house will be full. You guys pray with me. God, we just, we are so thankful for a, for a morning, God, a morning to come and come to you and just praise you. And I pray that, that you would speak through me, God, that these words would be your words and that we would learn something about you. And that we would learn a little bit more about ourselves today, God. And that we would walk out of these doors and that we would go out and we would live for you and not just talk about it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys can sit down now. <laughs> so like Aaron said, I'm James. If you don't know me, please come talk to me. I like to talk to people. Uh, I'm really bad with names, so it's going to take me at least a few times to get your name right. So just know, warning you guys, I'm, I'm working on it, I'm working on it. But we're, as an element, we're going through a series on the parables. And like Aaron said, he came to me and asked, told me I was speaking Sunday morning. I said, awesome. And I know it's been rough. Aaron's been gone for two weeks. Aaron talked last week. I'm talking this week. Where's Aaron? He'll be back next week. He's teaching on the theology of eminence. I don't know. We'll find out together. It's a parable. So it'll be, it'll be fun. It'll be awesome. And then in September, he's going to start a series on John. So come out for that too. I'll be here. Well, I'll be here. It's going to be a good time. So today, I'm talking on the parable of the urgent invitation. And, and it's been a little strange because there's one in Matthew and there's one in Luke. Matthew 22 and Luke 14. 
And they're two different people writing kind of the same story, pretty much the same story. They just have different writing styles. They're, they're writing to different people. Matthew is writing to Jews. Luke is writing to Gentiles. And it's kind of like if we went to Coldstone and we both, both ordered the, the birthday cake re- remix, birthday cake remix, and someone's like, so how was it? And I would describe the sprinkles because I'm a sprinkle nut and I just love sprinkles. You might describe the, uh, what's it called? Cake batter ice cream. It's got a weird texture to it, but it's also delicious. So it's, it's a good, go to Coldstone and get that ice cream. You'll love it. It's the same ice cream. It's just describing two different things. That's kind of how it is. And so I'm going to read to you guys the Matthew version. This is going to be in Matthew 22. So if you guys got your Bibles, Matthew 22. If you don't have your Bibles, listen up. (laughs) Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to the house who had been invited to the banquet and told them all to come. But they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered, and everything is ready. Come to my wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed the murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. Go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out to the street corners and gathered all the people they could find, both good and bad. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see his guest, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. Friend, he asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? The man was speechless. And the king told his servants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. It's a big chunk of verse. So this is wedding season. We're we're in prime time wedding season. And this wedding season has been a little strange for me because my friends are now starting to get married. Uh, It's just just weird. Uh, I've been invited to a few different weddings, going to one next week. And there are certain rules that are put in place. I don't know if they're written or unwritten rules about what you should wear to a wedding. You have to look nice. You can't look better than the bride. (laughs) Things like that. And so most people would not go to a wedding and say, cut off jean shorts, a wife beater, maybe a cowboy hat and some cowboy boots. Or in my case, this is what I would go as. Pink shorts, a wolf t-shirt, cowboy boots, and my shades, which my shades go everywhere with me. It's just not something you would wear. Now, if I wore this to Sean's wedding, Sean would be like, hey, James, I know you. That's kind of funny, kind of weird. If Uncle Billy Bob from Nebraska wore this and was out on the dance floor with a drink in his hand talking to the teenage girls, everyone would freak out. Good reason to. It's creepy. I know, that's creepy. Funny on me, not so funny on someone else. It's just not something you would wear to a wedding. This is kind of the same thing. Matthew 22, 9. Go to the street corners and invite to the banquet 
anyone you find. So the servants went out to the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the, both good and bad, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. Invite anyone you could find. So they're going out to the streets. They're finding the homeless people. They're find, finding the blind, anyone they can find, and inviting. And it's not like if you're homeless, you have a nice change of clothes. So you go to your cardboard house, you lift up your cardboard flap, and there's a nice change of white clothes. It's not how it went down. So what would happen is a king or whoever is holding this wedding would have wedding clothes for them. It might be something you put on over your regular clothes. It might be a badge, a name tag saying your name. It's something that proves that you have been invited. Something that says you are here. It's cool if you're here. And he provided this for everyone. And the fact that someone that a couple guys decided to not wait in line for their wedding badge, run straight to the open bar, get drunk and go on the karaoke machine, would be very, very insulting. It would just be like, I told you to put this on. Please put this on. And they're like, nope, got to get drunk first. It's like, what? <laughs> Verse 11 says, when the king came in to see his guest, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. Friend, he asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? And the man was speechless. He didn't know what to say. He might have been a little intoxicated, but he had no idea what to say. And I think that this is us a lot. We dress ourselves inappropriately a lot. Dress ourselves in, uh, we dress ourselves in our, in our lies, in, in our lust, in, in covens, in, in sinful desires, and things that are not from God. And we treat God like this man treated this king. He says, I told you to put this on. God gives us Christ to put on. He says, put on Christ. And then we go, oh, you know, I think I can just run around that, do whatever I want, because God will forgive me no matter what. And he goes, no, I'm giving you Christ. Now, we're partaking in a relationship with Jesus, with, with the creator. And it's just like this wedding. He needs to show some respect for the king. Just like us, we need to show respect for the creator. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, it's not like I'm scared of the dark fear. It's the fear as in, this is the creator of the universe who, who is willing to have a relationship with us. We need to know our place is not above him. It is under him. And we need to show that respect. We need to show that fear. We need to show that in the way that we live and the way that we treat those around us in the way that we, we treat our families in the language that we let come out of our mouths and who we let that language come out to and staying true to our word. You know, we sing these songs. I, I love these songs. We sing, all I are, I am yours. We sang that this morning. We sang, I am yours. But are we meaning it? Are we living it out in our actions? You know, I like words. I, I, I like words. But actions mean so much more. It's kind of like this, okay? So, I like coffee. Oh, that's kind of a lie. I like the atmosphere of a coffee shop. It's, coffee is okay. Usually I get tea or some really fruity drink that people would make fun of me for, but it's okay. And so I like to go to coffee with people. It's, it's a great atmosphere to get to know someone. So if 
someone came up to me and was like, hey, James, let's go get coffee. Be like, that's great. I'd love to. Let's do it Thursday, say 7.30. That's after I eat dinner with my family. One, yeah. And so <laughs> I was going to go on a tangent there. Not really necessary. <laughs> so we'd go out to coffee. And he's like, okay, let's go. And then Thursday, 6.30, you get a text message. Sorry, man, can't make it. Not, not even a sorry, just something came up, can't go. I was just like, what? What? We were talking about this all week. We, we planned this Sunday that we were going to go. And talking about it is great. But going to coffee is the part that's truly enjoyable. Going to coffee is the part that I really like. Not just the, yeah, let's make plans. And that is what we do with God sometimes. We say, yeah, God, let's get coffee. Yeah, I'll give you this. Yeah, I'm yours. Help me control my tongue. Help me control my actions. Help me not be an idiot. But we don't live through it with our actions. And that's what we need to. We need to clothe ourselves in Christ. Because Christ is the only way that we will look acceptable to God. God gave us Christ to put on. He says, I, I give you this. This is your wedding clothes. Put him on. He is the only way to the Father. John 14.6 says, Jesus said to them, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one goes to the Father except through Christ. And as time goes on, a believer should be more and more clothed in Christ. More like winter clothes, more and more clothed in Christ as time goes on. I get thirsty. Oh. So let's jump back to the wedding, okay? So weddings back then, 2,000 years ago plus, were a lot different than weddings today. Today, we go to a wedding that lasts all day. We're just like, oh man, this, that, was, that was a long wedding. That was rough. You know, it was two hours ceremony in the sun. The one day I forget my sunglasses. It's like, yeah, I love you guys, but exchange rings, kiss the bride, whatever. I got to move. The sun is killing me. A long wedding lasts all day today. A wedding in, in Jewish culture typically lasted seven days. That's a long time. I, I don't know if I could do that. And it's not like it's a like 36-hour techno dance marathon. You don't, you don't dance till you drop at these weddings. You, you were put up for a night. You, the king or whoever's holding it would put you up for the night so you could sleep. It was a celebration. And you can't celebrate if you are on the ground because you physically cannot stand up. And so that's how it would be. And, and this wedding was a party. I, he said you, he, you were put up for the night. There was a buffet breakfast. There was a buffet lunch. There was a buffet dinner. There was an open bar for seven days. There was a lot going on. This was a big wedding. And something this large would be talked about for a while. Before it started, this would be the talk of the town for a while. People would talk about it. They'd be talking who's going to bring, who their dates are going to be, you know, what family's coming in, what friends are coming in, who's going to be there, what girls are going to be there, what guys are going to be there what they're wearing if they don't have to wear something over their clothes. They would know that it's coming up. And the greatest thing is that they would know when it's getting close. They, they would smell it. Now, a wedding this large 
would have lots of preparation, and they would have to do lots of cooking before it actually started. So they would barbecue before it actually started. Now, Santa Maria has been blessed with good barbecue. I lived in Seattle for a while. Uh, we were best blessed with good Chinese food. Santa Maria, not so much. Santa Maria is blessed with good barbecue, and we all know that smell. You drive down Broadway today. Drive down Broadway. You're like, oh, oh. It's like every block there's a different barbecue thing. You're just like, this is awesome. <laughs> and it, it's everyone knows that smell. And this would be the smell. That sweet smell of barbecue would fill the town for a couple days before the wedding. So they would all know. They'd all have their invitations, and they're just waiting for the second invitation. They're waiting for the cowbell sound to say, food's ready, let's party. Like I said, <laughs> friends are going to be coming in, family's going to be there. It's going to be a huge wedding. It's going to be one of the few chances they get to really mingle in, in that kind of atmosphere. There's going to be an open bar. There's going to be hot single bridesmaids. It's going to be awesome. And yet some of these guys just say no. They're just like, no, nah, I don't think that's for me. It's hot single bridesmaids. <laughs> they just say no. And their excuses are as lame as any excuse. The, the first one, this is going to be uh, in Luke 14. So if you guys could flip to Luke 14, uh, you don't have to leave your finger in Matthew anymore. We're done with Matthew. They're the same stories almost. So you just take your finger out of Matthew, Luke 14. That's where we're going to be now and, until the rest of it. This is Luke 14, 18. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field, and I must go see it. Please excuse me. I just bought a field. Now I have to go see it. So he bought it. Now he has to go look at it. This was before the Internet. This was before picture messages. I couldn't send him a picture message of what the field is going to look like couldn't look it up on you know Google and say, what's this field going to look like? That was it. This is like today. If someone came up to you and was like, I'll tell you what, because I like you, you're like, I don't even know you. doesn't matter. Because I like you, I have some sweet property, some sweet oceanfront property for you at a decent price. You want to buy it? You're like, eh, you know, I've got money to spend. Sure. Without first going and looking at it. Today, you probably got gypped. But back then, I don't know if they were more honest. Probably not. This guy probably got GF2. But the, the thing is, you would go and you would go look at it first. You would go inspect it. You would see this house. You would see what this field looks like. And he just goes, eh, whatever. And if it honestly is his, he signed the paperwork and everything, it's his. He could go look at it anytime he wants to. It's his. But he chooses today of all days to go look at it. The next excuse, just as, just as bad as the other one. Luke 19, another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen, and I am on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. I just bought five yoke of oxen, and now I'm on my way to try them out. He would have tried them first. This is like today, if you bought a car without first looking at this car, without kicking the tires, without checking the oil, without getting the Carfax on it. You don't do that. No one buys a car without first looking at it first. 
If you want to know the kind of car you get when you don't look at a car first, you get this kind. I'll be giving free rides after the service. That's my beast. Uh, I used to have a really nice car. It was fast, and it got me lots of tickets. But now I have this. It drives like it looks. Uh, shakes at 65, levels out at 70, tops out at about 74. Uh, I'm just scared to take it over any speeds that are over 74, so I'm just going to say it tops out at 74. And it's just, it's just not very flattering. But there is one thing that is really cool that you can do for a truck that you uh, bought for $500. <laughs> is you can have an awesome 4th of July with very little fireworks. And that's, that's my 4th of July right there. It was awesome. <laughs> Haven't done it besides the 4th of July, so it's legal. It's just not something you do. You don't buy a car without first looking at it, without first inspecting it. And if you do own the car, if you do own these oxen, you can test them any day you want. This guy chooses... Today, out of all days. The next excuse is probably the worst excuse. This is uh, Luke 20. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. Okay, you just got married, so you can't come. In their times, it was a little bit different. This is Deuteronomy 24.5. If a man has recently married, he must not be sent to war or have any other duty laid on him. For one year, he is to be free to stay home and bring happiness to his wife he has married. He is to stay home and bring happiness to the wife he has married. He can't go anywhere for a year. He's to stay home and bring happiness to the wife he has married. Uh, biblically, if you're married, it's cool to have a night in and just do your thing. Like That's cool. We don't want to hear about it. Biblically... This is what this guy's doing. This is what this couple's doing. They've got some time to kill. They're killing it, but they, they've got some more time to kill. During the day, they can go to a wedding. They've got time. John, do newlyweds have time to kill? Yes, newlyweds have time to kill. <laughs> and Matthew and Luke have been paralleling each other this, this entire time. This is uh, Luke 14:22. Sir, their servant said, what you had ordered has been done, but there is still room. This is after they, they've gone out to the streets, right? And they've come back and they bring people. And it says, what you've ordered has been done, but there's still more room. There's still more food. We still got all this food and all this room, and we don't know what we're going to do with it. There's still more room in the kingdom of God. And, and this is what the master said. Verse 23, the master told his servants, go out to the roads and country lanes and make them come in so that my house will be full. He says, yeah, you've gone out once. This time, go out further. Go out to the roads and country lanes, which originally this meant go out to the Gentiles. But run with me a second on this one. This is Romans 6, 22. But now that you have been, been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification, and in the end, eternal life. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God. 
Christians are, are slaves or servants of God. And, and this certain man and this king that's talked about in these parables, that's God. These servants that are talked about, those are Christians. And he says, go out and tell people about me. Go out and tell people that I've got room in my kingdom, that there's lots of food and there's lots of good times waiting for these people. They are invited. Go out and tell them so that my kingdom may be full. It doesn't matter who they are. Just go out and tell them. Acts 13.46. Paul and Barnabas are quoting Isaiah when they say, For this is what the Lord has commanded us. This is Isaiah 49.6. I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. He says, go out and tell people to clothe themselves in Christ, because they are invited to the kingdom of God. And the coolest thing is that there is more room in this house. There is more room in this kingdom than, there are, than we can imagine. God is willing to save more sinners than we can imagine. And he says, I'll do it. Go tell them to come to my kingdom, and they're welcome. And we, as Christians, get the privilege of spreading that message. We get the privilege of going out and saying, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you come from, or, or what you look like, or what your past was, or if you have full function of your body, or if you can see. The thing is, is that God loves you. And that God is calling you to put on Christ and he welcomes you to his kingdom. It's beautiful that there is so much room. And (laughs) it's it's wonderful that that we are invited to this banquet. And that we are told to go out and tell people about this banquet. You know, some of you are already at this banquet. Some of you have been at this banquet for a while, and you know what it's like to wear Christ. And I don't have to tell you how good it is. I don't have to tell you how wonderful it is. But you are called to go out and to tell people about Christ and to tell people about his kingdom. Some of you aren't at this banquet, but you are welcome because there is room for you. You are welcome to come to this kingdom. You are welcome into the kingdom because there is room. For you. And we need to be people who put on Christ, who, who, who live with Christ, and who live out the gospel instead of just talk about it every once in a while, maybe every Sunday. Now, right now, we're going to worship God through communion. And this is a really cool opportunity to come to this table, to come to this table that, that God has prepared for us. You know, if you haven't put on Christ, if you haven't put on your wedding clothes, you are more than welcome to, to put on your wedding clothes. God invites you to put on these clothes. You know, if you've taken off your wedding clothes, if you've taken off Christ, if you've forgotten your true love, you come back to Him. Put on your clothes. Put on the clothes that are Christ. You know, we come to this table and, and we break His body. We break Christ's body, presented by breaking the cracker. And when we dip it in His blood, which is the wine or the juice. And, and this table is not prepared by us, but it's prepared for us. And God offers grace to us. And he says, come, this is my table. Come accept grace. You know, we're going to worship God through singing right now. And, and this is a time where you get to take and, and just 
just take it easy and sing to God. And when you're ready, come up to the table. Come up to the communion table and, and accept grace. We're going to worship God through giving right now. We've got offering boxes in the back, and, and God's given us so much. This is us worshiping God by giving back a portion of what he's giving us. You know, we're going to worship God through prayer, and there's going to be elders in the back and, and people who are more than willing to pray with you. If, if you don't know what this, this kingdom is, if you don't know what it's like to wear Christ, if you have questions about it, there, there's people in the back that are going to be more than happy to, to talk with you, to pray with you. If you've forgotten Christ, if you've taken off your wedding clothes, people in the back are more than willing to pray with you, to lead you back to Christ. And then afterwards, we're going to worship God through uh, fellowship. We're just going to hang out for a while. And, and if there's someone you don't know, talk to them. You know, live the gospel. Talk to people. And then we're going to go out and we're going to live. And we're going to live Christ. And we are going to show Christ by our actions and by our words. We, as the body of Christ, you are called to go out. To go out and to tell people about Christ. Would you pray with me? God, we just... It's such an honor to be called to go out and, and to go out and to tell people about you, God. We, we're not worthy of it, and I'm not worthy about, of it to go and to tell people about you, God. But you offer grace to everyone. And you say, I will accept you as you are. Just come and accept grace. And God, I pray that that, that would be our prayer as a whole is to, is to come to you and to want to show people you and want to show people about your kingdom and the wonders of your kingdom and how wonderful you are to us. I pray that you would instill that in our hearts. God, I thank you for, for this church and, and what it's doing and what we're going to be doing, God. I thank you for the opportunity to, to, to come here And I just pray that you would, you would bless us and that you would pour your anointing on us, God, and that we would come to you and we would accept grace. In Jesus' name, amen.